along with numerous castles, copious pubs and an incredible number of ghosts. Edinburgh is also home to many fine museums. Perhaps the best known is the Royal Museum of Scotland, which dominates Chamber Street in the heart of the city. But if you carry on down the Royal Mile in Edinburgh's vibrant old town, you'll find the wonderful, historic Museum of Edinburgh. The museum offers a captivating journey through the history and culture of Scotland's capital. It features artefacts, exhibits and interactive displays that showcase Edinburgh's rich heritage, from its earliest origins to more recent times. The museum consists of several buildings that have been interconnected over the years to create the museum complex. These buildings include Huntley House, which serves as the main entrance and houses many of the museum's displays and exhibits. Huntley House is a historic mansion that's played a significant role in the city's history. The house is named after George Gordon, the first Marquess of Huntley and the owner of the property in the 16th century. Huntley was a powerful Scottish nobleman and played an important role in the political and social affairs of the time. His early life was marked by the turbulent political and religious changes of the era including the Protestant Reformation. He grew up during a time of shifting alliances and conflicts among clans and families, and his political allegiances were complex, often aligning with the interests of the Scottish Crown. He served as a loyal supporter of King James VI of Scotland, but his political manoeuvring sometimes placed him at odds with other noble families, most notably the Campbell clan. The house's architecture, period rooms and historical displays provide insights into the lives of the people who lived in and around the Royal Mile throughout the centuries. It's a place where visitors can explore Edinburgh's evolving identity and learn about the various aspects that have shaped the city into what it is today. Yet, beneath the surface, the building's very foundations seem to reverberate with the tales of its residents the sweeping changes it's undergone and the countless lives it's intersected. However, not all these stories find their way into the public's eager gaze. Instead, some remain shrouded in secrecy, whispered only among those who tirelessly ensure that the city's enigmatic tales continue to thrive. And it's these tales we focus on today. Recently, I had the privilege of speaking with someone who shared first-hand encounters during her time working at the museum. As someone intimately familiar with the inner workings and the eerie occurrences that unfold when darkness descends, she brings us a unique perspective on the stories we don't often get to hear about. Thank you to Lindsay for bringing to light the intriguing tales that intertwine with the exhibits and corridors adding an extra layer of fascination to these iconic institutions. Lindsay tells us, I was mostly based in the Museum of Edinburgh, where I would do what I called the occasional tour. On my very first day there, I was told there was a ghost of a female who was described as tall, blonde and with curly hair. She was seen wearing a white period dress with black details on the top floor in the Edinburgh Crystal Display Room. Given I was the new girl on the block, I assumed my colleagues were obviously trying to scare me, but it failed. So I spent most of the day in that room, but nothing. 
Just in case though, I always used to say, good morning milady, every time I opened up that room. For years, I waited to see if the woman would appear to me, but I had no hint of a sighting. However, on my very last day, I was doing my patrol, and from the corner of my eye, I saw a figure standing to my side. I turned my head to look, and I saw this tall lady with blonde curly hair, wearing a white period dress with black details on it, just as the ghost was described. The woman was looking out the window towards the Royal Mile, apparently lost in her thoughts. After a second or two, she turned towards me and smiled, then disappeared. I couldn't believe it. I'd waited eight years to see her, and I saw her on my last day working there. I never felt scared or worried in that room. But the next room, the next room held a lot of exhibits that once belonged to Field Marshal Hay. And that was a completely different story. That room was the opposite of the crystal display room. I always walked through it quickly, and I always switched off the lights at night at top speed. Aitchison House, now part of the Museum of Edinburgh, is an historic mansion with a fascinating history dating back to the 17th century. It was built in the 1630s for Sir Archibald Aitchison, a prominent Scottish politician and Secretary of State for Scotland during the reign of King Charles II. The house is a fine example of the Scottish Renaissance architectural style, characterised by its intricate stone carvings ornate façade and distinctive crow-stepped gables. Over the years, Aitchison House has changed hands multiple times and undergone various modifications. In the 18th century, it became the residence of the second Earl of Dumfries and was later acquired by the Marquess of Butte in the 19th century. It was during the Marquess of Butte's ownership that the house underwent significant renovations and restorations, preserving its historical significance. One of the most notable aspects of Aitchison House is its connection to the writer Sir Walter Scott. In the 19th century, Scott was a friend of the Butte family and spent time in Aitchison House. It's said that he used the house as a model for the home of Jonathan Oldbuck, a character in his novel The Antiquary. Aitchison House is also haunted, as Lindsay soon found out. In 2011, they were doing renovation work in Aitchison House that would join Aitchison House with Huntley House and also convert some of the property into the offices for the Edinburgh World Heritage. We know that renovation work can stir stuff up, and holy shit, did it ever. All of a sudden, the odd noise or footsteps became ghost children standing in the corner, singing, giggling, or following you about. Every day I saw someone, I'm sensitive to spirit and a bit of an empath, so I was really badly affected during these times and couldn't get any peace. One day, it was my turn to open up at 7am for the workmen, and I go in the front door of Aitchison House, totally feeling like someone is present, but I tried to shrug the feeling off and continued to switch the alarm off. On my way out, I glance towards the doorway and see this tall shadow figure lunge at me, and I swear to God, I have never ran so fast in my life. Normally I'm pretty level-headed in these times, 
but I don't know if something in my head was saying run. I wasn't 100% sure if maybe somebody had broken in or followed me in, as there were homeless people that would sleep in the Cannon Gate Kirk. My original thought was, oh my god, this is a real person. But no one ran out, and luckily for me at the same time I'm running out the building, my boss arrived. I told her what I'd experienced, so we both agreed it was best to check the building together. Safety in numbers, as they say. So we stuck together and moved through the building, room by room. But no one was there. It was empty. After that, she told me, You're not doing early mornings. I don't care what the others say. The ghosts are scaring you. The whole renovation programme was crazy active. The poor painters and decorators even had stuff happen to them while they worked, like hearing children giggling. The staff generally got on well, but I don't know. Sometimes there would be petty arguments between people for no reason, which I found odd as we all worked together for years and got on well together, despite some long boring days. I know I was heavily affected, I found it extremely draining at times. I soon earned a new name due to my experiences and the workmen started calling me Ghost Girl. The scariest one was in the early hours of the morning at about 3am. That night the fire alarm went off and three fire engines, the fire chief and the call out guy showed up, but there was nothing on fire. It seemed like it was just a false alarm. When they inspected further, what they did find was that the brake glass panel had been smashed for no reason. Nothing had fallen and hit it, and the cold wouldn't affect it in this way. We did ask, but the firemen were stumped and made a joke about us maybe having a ghost, completely unaware of the activities. As for the atmosphere in the place, well, a few sceptical people would start to feel uneasy and some of them actually experienced footsteps running away from them from the locked gates. Even the poor alarm guys hated going round the building on their own. And if I'm honest, I found it a wee bit funny. As I conclude this chilling exploration of the ghosts that haunt the corridors and rooms of the Museum of Edinburgh, we want to extend our gratitude to Lindsay for sharing her spine-tingling account. The stories of spectral apparitions and eerie encounters remind us that even in the realm of history, the echoes of the past can sometimes leave an uncanny mark. Remember, the past is never truly laid to rest, and in the shadows of the museum's historic walls, the enigmatic tales of these spectral residents continue to unfold. <laughs>